This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 23. And we've reached a section that it's better spelled out in the book of Leviticus, actually, in Leviticus 22 and 23, which is almost paralleled by the passage that we're in today. But those passages in Exodus go into detail about these. This passage is just an instruction. And when it, when I say it's an instruction, it's an instruction to to celebrate these things. And God's basically saying to the children of Israel, he's saying, we need to celebrate these and you need to do this for sure. And you need to make sure, especially your young men, celebrate these things. And I think it's important and I want to go through them and I want to explain a couple of things about them. And so I'm going to spend the next few days explaining each one of these feasts and how they relate. But first, I think it's important to understand, first of all, their importance. And then second of all, why the Christian church really doesn't emphasize these at all. And I say that doesn't emphasize them at all. They're not a point of major emphasis in the Christian church. And I think the reason is, is historical and less biblical. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that. First of all, the verse 14 says this, three times a year, you are to celebrate a festival to me. And so he's giving them three festivals, and the three festivals basically are festival of Passover, and we know what Passover is, and we do celebrate Passover. Of the three feasts that that are spoken of here in this passage, Passover is the one we do celebrate, okay? And we call it Easter in, in Christian culture. It's called Easter. I call it Resurrection Sunday. And I do that because I want people to understand that is the special Sunday where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrected Lord. And each Sunday that we meet together is a mini celebration of our resurrected Lord. And then, of course, on on the Sunday that that falls on the calendar as what we call Easter, we celebrate especially the resurrection of our Lord. The And so the festival unleavened bread, we see that in verse 15, seven days eat bread made without yeast as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time. I'm going to go through these. It's going to be at the month of Aviv for that month you came out of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Then he says, I want you to celebrate the festival of harvest. And that is oh. It is it. That's what that's the Jewish term for that feast. And I'm probably butchering that. But that is the festival of weeks. And that's where that's where you actually Shavuot is the second one. The this one is Sukkot coat. And it is the festival of booths. And both of those, both of these feasts, the festival of first fruits and the festival of harvest. So Sukkot and Shavuot, both of these festivals 
And when, and I say this all the time for you, the, those of you listen to morning Bible study, I am, I'm dyslexic and I'm not, I don't say that as a joke. I really am. And so many times when I deal with, especially Hebrew words, and I just, I can't, my mind doesn't want to grab hold of them and put the letters all in the right place as I'm trying to read them, even if I know what they say, even if I know what they say, and then I, and then I read it, it just doesn't come out right. It's just a unique way God made my mind. And I love that God gave me the opportunity to overcome it. And it is in some ways a funny blessing to me. And you ought to see those things, the things that you overcome, the things that God gives you to overcome. You ought to see them as a blessing because they are a blessing. You walk with God through things. And these festivals are important because God said that they're to celebrate them every year. And we're not talking about like a a one-day holiday. Most of these festivals take a great better part of a week. In fact, we know <laughs> that all three of them take a week. So it's really a, a week-long event three times a year. Three times a year, they're to come and, and celebrate for a whole week these feasts. And so they have great significance, not only just spiritual or biblical significance. They have a great, they have great significance for those who are conservative Jews who celebrate these. They have a great significance for their year, their calendar year, because they're important carve-outs of their year, how they celebrate them. Now, you say, first of all, I need to tell you why they're important. First of all, they're important for believers because Jesus is, he's foreshadowed in all of them. And in fact, Jesus in his ministry does something very powerful in the midst of each one of these festivals, the Festival of Weeks, the Festival of Booths, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, like I said, Passover, Sukkot, and Shavuot, Oat, those, all three of those, all, all three of those feasts, Jesus did something very powerful to foreshadow his work and his finished work not only on the cross at Passover, but his finished work in us. And those are the feasts of of weeks and booths and and proving that he is preparing uh, us for uh, big things. One of them is is a picture of Pentecost. The other is a picture of God dealing with his children as they're working their way toward the promised land and uh, God's provision for us when he is growing us up and teaching us to walk by faith. And then ultimately we do walk by faith in the promised land and, and we have what we call Pentecost or we have God fulfilling his promise of his spiritual blessings on us in the middle of those. They're very important, very important. And, and so we, we need to know what they mean and know how they do. Now you go, why don't we do that? Why, why don't we do that on record? Why don't we do the same thing? It's a historical reason, and it's a good reason, and it's not a bad reason, although I think we miss out because we don't. The reason why we don't we don't celebrate these festivals is because after in the first century when the church was beginning, obviously you had the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul where he went all around, and many of the other apostles went out to all parts of the world. And they preached the gospel. Now, remember, they preached the gospel in a certain way. They preached the gospel to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. So they would, whenever they went to an area, they would go to the place wherever the Jews were and they would get together with the Jews. And they, if they had a synagogue, they'd meet there or wherever the Jewish uh, population met regularly to celebrate the Sabbath, they'd go there and they'd pronounce the fulfillment of scriptures in Jesus Christ. And they would present their understanding of what had happened with Jesus and who Jesus was and how he was a fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. And everywhere they went, 
there were a group of Jewish people who became believers. And almost everywhere they went, there were a group of people who rejected that. And that would be obvious. That's the same as what happens today whenever you share your faith or share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's some that receive it and there's some that reject it. That is a normal course of business. You would understand that. I understand that. We all understand that. And so when they would go out and do that, that that would cause some people to turn toward Jesus Christ. Now, in a close-knit community, <clears throat> close-knit Jewish community, where Christ, where the Jewish people are having to protect themselves and, and live among Gentiles, that would cause a division in those communities. And oftentimes, the leaders of those communities would not receive Jesus, and they would attack the Christians. And so you see that take place in many places all over the world, but you also see that take place really heavily in Jerusalem. And there's a great, there's a great schism that happens. And many of the Christians leave Jerusalem not long after Pentecost or within a couple of years of Pentecost happening. And just a remnant of Christian believers are left there led by the apostle James, James the just, meaning the brother of Jesus who did not believe in Jesus until after his resurrection. And he appeared to him as one of the 500, after he uh, came out of the grave, he appeared to his brother James, and James became a believer. And James became one of those one of those powerful believers who walked with God and walked with it and served his brother as a bond slave. And he's got a, one of the books of the New Testament's written by him. And uh, he led the church in Jerusalem. And the Jews, in many ways, were afraid of him because he was Jesus's brother, and he walked in power. And that schism. And I use that word specifically, that is the, that, that means a division, a religious division, that schism that took place between the Jewish people over Jesus began a divide between Christianity and Judaism that we have seen over the generations and over the centuries and over the millennia where Christians and Jews at many times have been at odds with each other. Now, that is an anathema to scripture that is totally out of line with scripture that we would that we would do that or be consider ourselves in any ways enemies of the Jewish people that is a small cult of christianity that that usually deals with white supremacy also that that teaches that the jews are whatever slur that they have for them and that we're we're to have nothing to do with them and it is ugly it is ungodly it's unbiblical it is to be totally rejected and not even listened to whenever i hear someone start going down that road in the christian faith i just totally tune them out because I know that they are out of line with Old Testament Scripture, they're out of line with New Testament Scripture, and it's hard for me to hate the Jews when my Lord is a Jew, when most of the people I study regularly all the time are Jews, when I look forward to meeting all these Jews in heaven. So it's going to be very difficult for me to hate the Jews and be a Christian. I I don't even know how you do it. And I I sure don't know how, uh, when God is revealing himself in scripture, I sure don't know how you can walk and learn and grow and become and hate Jewish people and hate Judaism. It's just not possible. And the truth is the Jews of Israel and the Jews of the United States more and more are going to find themselves closely aligned with the evangelical Christian church. They are very closely aligned even today, and that will become more and more as time goes on, because as godless Marxism takes its course, godlessness always attacks the Jews first. And we're going to always be aligned with them because they are our, they were the first fruits of God's 
plan for the earth, and we are we are recipients of the blessings that God has given us through them and through Jesus Christ. And so whether you like it or not, I don't care if you'd like it or not. In fact, you can turn it off if you don't like it. We are strong proponents and lovers of the Jewish people. And that is a biblical understanding. Now, that being said, that schism that took place caused caused a lot of issues, and it caused issues even with the Apostle Paul in the New Testament church. And there was a group of Christians that came about that were trying to, in a wrong way, bridge the gap between the Jews and the Christians, and they were called the Judaizers. And the Judaizers were a, a group of Christians who wanted to go back to the Old Testament law. And we're actually studying through the book of Romans on Friday night. Uh, we're doing four weeks, four four chapters in a night through the book of Romans at the church from six to eight o'clock. And I am explaining through that book and and God's theology of the New Testament, which in the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. And in that book, he deals with this whole idea of going back to Judaism, going back to the Old Testament law and how we're not under the law anymore. We're being led by the Spirit. Now, that doesn't diminish the Old Testament. That doesn't throw out the Old Testament. In fact, there's another heresy that teaches the Old Testament has no value anymore and should not be taught in the Christian church, and that's false too. Oftentimes, whenever you have an issue, you have people who fall out on the wrong side of both things, and they pull totally in the wrong direction rather than finding where God is uh, and understanding where God's position is. And so we don't get rid of the Old Testament. We don't get rid of the law because the law foreshadows Christ and gives us great encouragement and great teaching, great understanding of who God is. But we also don't live by the law. And even Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all three of those books in some way, some of minor, one of them, Galatians just straight up, straight up deals with it confrontationally. They deal with the idea of Judaizing. They deal with the idea of becoming, trying to go back to the Old Testament law and living by the Spirit. You can't do both. It's not possible. That's not the plan of God. And, and so what has happened is because of those books and because of that Judaizing because of, and because of the historical issues that have, have gone on between Jewish people within their own community as far as Christ is concerned and the battles that have taken place, oftentimes we as Christians just try to divorce ourselves from Jewishness. And the problem is that we can't. And Paul explains that because there's a tree and it's a tree of life. It's God's tree. It's we're vines in that in that tree. We're engrafted in. And who was the original plate? Who was the original group of people that God gave birth to and grew up? That are the tree. That is the Old Testament. It's the it's the revelation of God through the Jews. And so we can't divorce ourselves from it because we've been engrafted in. It's not possible for us to get away from it. And so, what are you saying? Pastor Chad, what I'm saying is I need to spend some time explaining these two, these things to us and that we need to, in some ways, celebrate them because their parallels with who Jesus is and what Jesus did are very important. And Jesus thought they were very important. And so he spent a lot of time and many weeks doing these feasts in his life and then also in his ministry. And he, he highlighted each one of these at some point in time in his ministry and gave us an understanding of what their purpose is for us. And so we ought to live them out, we ought to learn them, and we ought to know them. But you need to know the history, and you need to understand why 
why people are mad at the Jews and why there's a group of Christians that are upset with Jewish people and then and then uh, and then why some Christians don't want to go into the Old Testament at all and and all the mess that comes out of division. And uh, God is not the author of division. He is the He is the one who brings His ministry of reconciliation and reconciles us to Him, and then us to each other. And so that's what we're doing. And so I'm going to spend the next uh, few Bible studies dealing with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast which is the Feast of Passover. I'm going to deal with the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Harvest, Sukkot, and and we're going to talk about them and see how Jesus highlighted them. And really, it's exciting when you see what Jesus did to to highlight each one of these and to tie us to them so that we can know the fullness of his blessings for us. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.